Don't believe your lying eyes. All three of us are here and are ready to talk about the AFC Championship game yet again. Welcome to Obi-Wan Academy! You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Only Weird Games, formerly known as Time's Ours. We're all out of sorts, and I don't ever like to leave the audio audience out of the visual bits that we have. I am Joshua Briscoe. If you're watching, you're also seeing Seth Kaiser next to me in our little uh, try box that we have here. And then Nate Taylor's box, is it, that's that's where he sits, but he's not in his chair right now. And um, I'm not a thousand percent sure where he went, <laughs> but he'll be back. Oh. It's cool. We'll all be he here. Was, he came, he came, he showed us Maple, he left. And yeah. so, I mean, really, it's all going to be, and, and I love Nate, but it's all going to be downhill from there for him anyways, so. Hey! Nate, I don't, we started, okay? We started, and we I thought alive. this would be funny, um, but Tucker muted your mic, so if you said anything horrible off mic, you're totally fine. Boom. And also, Tucker's in, Tucker's in Dallas now, because yes. uh, a whole bunch of KCSN is on the road now uh, to go for the, God, I should know, the Shrine Bowl? Mm. I think. Oh yeah, I'd be Tucker for like two seconds. Yes, Tucker says yes. Fantastic. Um, follow yes. everything on KCSN for more coverage of what the guys are doing down there. But right. Tucker just got to their location. We talked to Tucker for like ten seconds, and now we are cooking, baby, uh, because we have for the sixth consecutive time in this modern era of yeah. City Chiefs football, uh-huh. and for what guys, the fourth or fifth consecutive time as the three of us have done a podcast together first time in the only weird games era we're previewing an afc championship game yes we are yes we are so um played with the dog played with the puppy uh let's hope she calms down uh (laughs) yes pause lou would you like for me this is a fair question would you like me to read more of new york times excerpts of the kansas city chiefs uh whether it's the 90s or even further obviously it goes all the way back to the AFL. Um, Nay, I don't know if you know, we've agreed to do two shows a week for the offseason also, so you just keep yes. that under your arm okay. and hold that for a rainy day. We're going to yeah, have I mean, a great I get, day. I mean, it's, it's still over there in the corner, just whenever, yeah. whenever we're ready. You can see it. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, we're, we're here. Um, you know, Josh, one of my favorite parts of AFC Championship Week, which you have uh, enjoyed as well, is we go to the stadium, kids. There's this no more practice facility. Get that out of here says the league we do everything from the arrowhead press conference from the arrowhead press box from the arrowhead do the elevators work do (laughs) do any of the elevators work you guys know that the ceiling came down earlier right (laughs) there's a i I believe there's a vote on april is that is that right april 4th you might want to click yes oh we know what they're gonna do no, no, but no. That's you will look, be voting that, in three months. Looks that that's asking for too much. <laughs> it's an iconic stadium where everything's falling apart. Um, <laughs> but you know what could make it great again? Um, your vote on April fourth. Of course, I said that on purpose, Josh. Um, Nate just said make Arrowhead great again. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's the don't hashtag that, please. Oh. Um, 
<laughs> I think it's I, taken. I mean, you don't have to. Uh, but but look, what could possibly go wrong. Who does? Yeah, what could go wrong? Yeah, have yeah. you thought about what a cool acronym that could be? Yeah, <laughs> make Arrowhead great again. I mean, yeah, the sky's catchy. Cool. Hey, it's easy just, to say. I know people. Lots of people do great things when we say funny stuff on this show. And they uh-huh. make little, like, little art or uh-huh. little t-shirts or little hats. Hey, don't send me that hat. Don't make it. Don't send it to me. I'm, it would be very funny. And some, I'm not going to wear it, just so you know. Uh, and I cannot risk the, 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 the glancing eye. Shout out to Adam uh, Sheehan, who, who, has, uh, who has reported live during Only Weird Games that says uh, Frank White has vetoed yet again. Uh, anything I just said over the last four minutes. Um, it's quite actually just vetoed the phrase make Arrowhead great again. Yes, so we're, yes. We can clear that one out. Right. He would still like to watch the Royals play in Coffin Stadium, even though everybody else has moved on with their lives. Now, look. Um, yeah, dude, stadium talk today. I want it, I want it so bad. No, that, that's why this show's a beautiful thing, because you don't know where it's coming. Kind of like Where Steve's the real stadium's going to go. Oh, yes, sorry. Kind of like Steve's right all those blitzes. Now... Now, Josh, my favorite part today was him telling us. Did, did he say that he prayed? He prayed, Nate. guys. He. I mean, I I knew this. I mean, his play sheet. The half his play sheet says, "Call it and pray." Nate, <laughs> we had just talked uh, on the zone. Jason Anderson and I had just talked before that. I don't know if it was on air or off air. I can't remember. I think it was on air. We, we predicted it. We should have recorded evidence of this. <laughs> we were talking about about Lafleur's whole like you just pray thing and how that all got kind of kind of yeah. out there. And we made some joke and I and we said something along the lines of like, you know, if any coach is going to go up to the podium and just admit that they call plays and pray, it'd be Steve Spagnolo. And then like six minutes later, yes. he's at the podium like I yes. can just pray. It was oh, it was incredible. It, oh, I, I playoff form for Spags. Playoff form. Yes, I mean, I mean, Seth. What is the equivalent of of the play sheet that says "call it and pray"? What what what's what's your play sheet tell you there on third and eight with Lamar Jackson at the helm for the Baltimore Ravens offense? It's called engage fate. Engage, engage eleven. <laughs> engage fate was just wow. There is nothing I could possibly say that comes up better than that. Thank you. And so, no, that that was it. Like, Josh, you know what? Professional. I think, uh, I think my professional broadcaster. Hold on. 4.52 p.m., January 25th, 2024, Josh Briscoe peaked. We saw it. We were all here for it. It's Everybody else that I did it in high school. I made it all the way to 29. Woo! <laughs> Downhill from here. So that was that was terrific. The amount of respect that uh, the teams are giving one another, like the whole like call it and pray, that's right off up there with Lamar Jackson. Was like, well, what do you like about playing Patrick Mahomes? Like, I don't like playing Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> like, and that's a really good point. Like, people can. Like, I want to beat the best. You know what I want to do? I want to win. And I want to take the easiest path to victory that is possibly available. And that that's what I want. I just want to win. And so I actually, that was really funny, Lamar Jackson's comment. Like, just kind of like, no, I don't like playing him. Chase, Chase Daniel did a really good piece on that I where he was talking about um, how when you, it seems like teams make mistakes when they play Mahomes, like they tense up a little bit, like they just, because they know they have to be perfect. They know everything has to go well. And so, there really is with Lamar Jackson, with Mark Andrews back, 
from all appearances. Mm-hmm. Now we'll see what he's got, but he's a great player. It is kind of interesting because their offense has been ticking a little bit. Like, well, how do you fold someone back in? But that really is with Lamar Jackson. It's kind of similar with with Josh Allen, where you call it, and even if you execute it perfectly, he might do something weird. And the difference between there's a few differences with Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen as scramblers. They're both great scramblers. Um, Lamar Jackson is not going to be running people over, but he is more likely to go 90 yards. And, and that's an unfortunate thing. So I, I just, I, I have no idea what Spags is going to call up. What I do know is it's not going to look like what they called up against the Bills. And that's the beauty with Spags. You're going to get something different each and every week, especially come playoff times, which you'd think would be a reason why he would be at least nominated for one of the best coordinators in the league. But once again, and even in this I season, coming. And I'm sorry, I'm, I'm leading with this because that makes me upset that Spags does not, is not getting, he didn't even get nominated. That is a travesty. He's got one of the best defenses in the league. Uh-huh. And he's got one of the best defenses in the league with Chris Jones and and some and maybe Charles Amena, who's a dude, but it's mostly some good guys rushing the passer with a linebacker group that's deep and 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 varied, but has some limitations in certain spots. Really sad. It's it's just Chris Jones in the fourth quarter and then a bunch of guys. Oh, oh man, oh. <laughs> we're gonna have to talk about that some more. We I should. We they, should later. We, there's so much to do there, but Spags deserves. His flowers. I'm, there's so much about this game I'm excited to talk about. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place. You're going to have to... No, no, no. You're fine. Normal. Because Mike McDonald, he's never called a, a game against Andy Reid. And Andy Reid's never called a game against him. He's done great against Shanahan-type offenses. Like, yep. really good work. Andy Reid's offense is really nothing like Kyle Shanahan's tree. It's not so like it, it gonna, at all. Not at all. So is it going to be dominant like it is with that? Or is it going to be... Like, I, I just don't even know. And both defensive coordinators, they vary their game plan so much that we might be like, wow, this looks nothing like what we expected. Or do they know that the other side's going to expect them to do something really different? Yes. So they're going to do the same thing. (laughs) Give it to me, Sam. Oh, but they know that the other team knows that they know. Okay, I'm going to stop. Yes, there, there, yes. Was, there was a real, like, inconceivable moment over the last two days of pressers that I actually thought was fascinating that I'm, I'm happy to talk about since we're talking about Spags getting wild. Um, because Justin Reed talked about it yesterday, and then Spags and Nick Bolton both talked about it a little bit today. And, and yesterday, the, the jumping off point was Justin Reed first being asked about the Ravens' offense, and he talked about how they will grind you down in the first half and then just keep thudding you through the second half, and that, that wears teams down. And then he was asked about the second half success that the Chiefs' defense has had for so much of this year. And he, he talked about, he called it the Spagnolo effect. Yes. Talked about making adjustments at halftime, having the players who are able to make those adjustments, sometimes even being stuff they haven't practiced during the week. This is stuff we've seen, but I don't think we've ever heard him really talk about it quite this way before. Um, and so he talked about, like, we gotta, we believe in Spags, and Spags believes in the players to actually pull that off. And then Nick Bolton today also ended up talking about how Spags isn't afraid of change, and he said he'll change in the first quarter, second quarter, fourth quarter. Um, if there's something better that can work, they'll make that adjustment at the half, and, and it's not about who is right in that process. It's about getting to what's right yes. in that process. And and that's the that's the key point is we know I, I think one of the most fascinating parts about the Chiefs defense, to your point, Josh, is that they will adjust literally drive to drive. 
And yep. that's with both personnel and with scheme. Um, some of that is kind of forced upon them. Like, hey, we don't have Willie Gay. Still, one of my favorite parts of last week's game is, hey, Leo, you're going to be the spy. Like, look at me. Nod your head. <laughs> you're the spy. Decisions were made. Especially when they're in the red zone, okay? Okay, okay you got it. Nick's going to be right there. But Leo, you cannot let him run. And Leo did his job. And then one of the best throws I've seen all season was executed to pristine levels. Allen did a, Allen did a great job utilizing a Leo's job as the spy there against him with that kind yes. of little hesitation there. L- Leo, if he was not told, because you know what he was told, do not let that man get behind you. Correct. Don't let him. Just, so that's why he didn't pursue. Yes. Had he pursued, I don't know if Allen's able to make that throw, but it's just, it's just tough. And that was a tough job to give him because I like Leo a lot. He is not Willie Gay Jr. No, he is not. And, and you could see that, and I feel bad that I... But you could definitely see it. Yeah. The linebackers, they didn't have a great game against the Bills. Now, the fourth quarter, they really started to tighten it up, and they started like, hey, Drew, how comfortable are you run blitzing? And Drew's like, thank you, God, <laughs> for sending me on a run blitz because I'm tired of these jerks. And so, but like you could see... Like that play in particular, and I felt bad kind of picking on Leo there, but you could see the difference between him and Willie Gay Jr. on that play. The closing speed, all of it's just different. And that's why it looks like Willie Gay Jr. was limited in practice today. Yes, yes. So let's go ahead and dive in here. Let's get the injury report here real quick, Nate. Um, No practice today as expected for Derek Nottie and Sky Moore. They haven't practiced at all this week. Uh, Sky is still on on IR. Isaiah Pacheco and Joe Tooney have not practiced this week. We did get a little Tooney update. Um, from one of the insiders. I've already forgot who it was. But one of them had something about a peck strain. <laughs> yes. How about your actual insight, Nate? I don't care who needed the credit there. It was probably somebody who was projecting Bill Belichick to take over for Andy Reid after this season. Um, and then Willie Gay being limited both days this week. And Mike Edwards returning, and he, as he's in the concussion protocol. Yes, like big, big deal. deals. Yeah. Um, so what what do you know, Nate? And then what's what's the, the latest in terms of some of those guys who you are expecting or hoping to see out there for the Chiefs? Yeah, the the major news is that Mike Edwards practiced, and that gives him a clear runway to be available if he, again, goes through each stage of the concussion protocol all the way up to being pretty much um, cleared of the concussion protocol on Saturday, obviously the day before Sunday's game. Willie Gay is probably that midpoint of the injury report where you're like, okay, you want to monitor it more. Um, I think the question will ultimately become how many snaps can he give you? You know, because this is something he's probably going to have to manage for the rest of the season for however long the season goes, whether there's one game. Andy reads the next stiffness today, by the yes. way. I, I didn't clarify that. Yeah, so that's not a next – I don't believe it's a next stinger, which is what Donovan Smith had. That It's slightly different because uh, that deals with nerves, and obviously it can impact – I think they said it impacted Donovan Smith's shoulder just as much as his neck. So, And Andy said Willie can't turn his head right now. Which is crazy. Um Look, man, football is a different sport. So um, it's going to be a question not of the coaching staff, but just what does Rick Burkholder and his and his staff think from an athletic training medical standpoint of like, okay, if he's available, which he could be, he's still a, a possibility of playing on Sunday. How many snaps is logical? And, you know, can he still be the high-end type of player that he's capable of if we know that you have to manage this injury throughout the course of the game. Um, of course, 
Next is what happens with Joe Tootie. And ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow's the day. What happens tomorrow, I think, really determines will Joe Tooney be available. Now, there is some belief, and I said this on Tuesday, that he is going to play. Uh, the Chiefs have done as much treatment as they can to manage it. And now, as I've said before in the past, Andy Reid, from an old school standpoint, wants, you see the, wants to see you practice alongside your teammates in some capacity the Friday before a Sunday game. We'll find out. We'll find out tomorrow if Joe Tooney is um, is capable of, of of giving it a go. If not, uh, you have Nick Allegretti. And the big thing there is you're going to have to find the right communication between Nick and Creed Humphrey because, of course, as we've said before, uh, it's not just that the Chiefs blitz, the Ravens blitz uh, from an exotic, you know, angles as well. So that obviously is going to question. When they do a lot of... They do a ton of sim pressures. Yes. A lot of which, for people watching, it's just, uh, or listening, I suppose, the difference between a blitz and a sim pressure is a blitz, you're sending five or more, right? After the quarterback. A, a simulated pressure, you're quote-unquote simulating a blitz, but you're usually just you're just sending four. But you're sending them from a weird place. So like yes. all those snaps where you're like, why is George Karloftis 20 yards down the field? One, because he can. You should have heard me screaming, water polo! Like, I don't remember even which play it was, but like, I was like, and so I had to explain that to my folks who were watching the game with me. My dad's like, why are you yelling water polo? I'm like, because he played water polo and that's why he's a beast. And my dad's like, okay, that that's great, son. Which, you know, I love my dad. He's very supportive. Um, <laughs> but like, that's why you see, um, that's why you see plays like that. And that's why when people get mad about plays like that, it's like, look. You you know if you can't accept if you can't love Spags at his you know a defensive tackle is fifteen yard and Mike Pinnell is in coverage yep. down the field on a slot receiver you don't deserve him at his how is there a free rusher sprinting towards Josh Allen's face again how and that's just violating the protection rules that teams have is one of the great things that Spags is good at because, you know, the the protection slides and calls. That's what simulated pressures take advantage of to where you end up with, like, three offensive linemen just standing there having no one to block while, like, two guys are trying to block four guys. So that's the idea with simulated pressures. Ravens do a lot of that. They do a great job with it. And so, sorry for the extended thing. That's why I think, is Joe Tooney maybe an exception to the Friday rule? Like, if Saturday or, like, if Sunday morning, Joe Tooney wakes up. He's like, Coach, he pulls a, um, oh, I'm not going to remember his name, in D2, the Mighty Ducks, where he looks at Gordon Bombay. He said, Coach, I woke up, and the pain was gone. And he shows that he can rotate that hockey stick. Now, I doubt Joe Tooney will do that exactly. That'd be weird. Um, but, it's like, Adam Banks. Thank you, Lev Mass. Ah, I'm so embarrassed. One slap I, Banks. I, one slap Banks. On behalf of older millennials everywhere, One slap I apologize. Banks. I'm embarrassed. I am embarrassed that I did not remember Adam Banks' name. That that uh, it's just gross. But like, so you Joe Tooney, he's kind of an exception, right? You want to know one of my favorite parts is um, him on the left wing, just waiting, just waiting, just waiting. Just he is like in a batter's box, just waiting for that puck. That's how hockey works. Right, right. That, that's the best part of, of all Disney movies is like, 
man, the coach on the other side is incompetent. Alex Adams, why? <laughs> yeah, why are you letting this guy hit the goalie? The goalie. Uh, sorry, Alex um, Adams takes that wide open. He's just waiting, guys. He's just. Someone commented. Latrell commented. Tooney from the rich part of town. That's. But like, so you, I'm just asking you, Nate, because you know better than any of us. Sure, it's possible. It's, I mean, it's like, possible. you're Andy Reid. You can't be like, no, nah, man, you didn't practice. Like, I Joe mean, would be like, but, but, Andy, you understand I'm a robot, right? Like, I literally, literally, by practice. Like, coach, how's your technique look? It's been finely tuned to be uh, exquisite, coach. That that's that's where my that's where my hands are. Um, I guess there's a possibility, but Andy Reid is very principled, and um, this is just something that is largely held true when you're not the quarterback, or obviously uh, like the Travis 2020 Kelsey. season that was you know COVID. COVID was looming over all of us, so you know obviously some things had to be. Um, you know, we managed as you went along. But I, I think, look, man, I just, because they have Nick Allegretti, it's not a dire situation for for, for Joe Tooney to play. Um, and by the way, watch Nick Allegretti just swallow uh, one of the defensive linemen late in the game. Uh, and so it's not as dire as a situation. Um, and look, Nick Allegretti has played in um, big playoff games. Nick as Allegretti. You, as you uh, as you guys know, uh, I believe did he start uh, the the infamous Super Bowl Fifty Five? Yes, he yeah. did. He, he was did. the left guard, I believe, or he was the right guard because they kicked. Um, I just looked this up a few days ago. Andrew Rivers Riley to, to right. He was a right tackle. To right tackle, yes. And Stefan Wisniewski was the other guard. Yeah. Oh, the hodgepodge attempts it. And you. And by the way, guys, your your quarterback has has turf toe. Uh, yeah, and 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 uh, oh, I forgot about that. N- Turtle N- hurts, by the way. N- Dominic like, Sue, Dominic Sue's on the other side. Not not to do anything, just to be in Dominic Sue. Just yeah, just to be in Dominic Sue. That was the play call for him. All right, Dominican, which what a great name. Yeah, yeah. You're just hey hey, and Vita Vey's gonna be right next to you eating people. Okay, literally yeah. eating. Uh, yeah. just sitting there. Hey, what happened to Wiley? Oh, Vita ate him. Yeah, he it was just, rough. He just, yeah. I mean, look. It's like old man Logan and the Hulk, dude. Just. Yeah. So, so look, there's a chance. But I I just know that tomorrow's a key day because even if he can be limited, um, that would be a positive sign that Joe Tooney might be available for Sunday's game. Um, but right now, the assumption is, um, and look, we can't see these practices in detail, of course. Um, but the assumption is, is that Nick Allegretti has taken every left guard rep in practice so that if he is needed, um, he's been given the, the amount of the maximum amount of workload to be ready for Sunday's game. Uh, there's several things going on in the chat at the moment because, uh, Albert has asked with a super chat, Seth, I need some marriage advice. How do you and your wife decide where to go to dinner without the constant back and forth? But then there are several other people commenting various, like Levi says, Albert throwing a live grenade into this conversation. Um, <laughs> Albert, you're, Adam says, Albert, you're going to cause this show to spiral. Yeah. Um, it's the it's, it's the AOC championship preview we all expected. Seth, can you answer this in like 30 seconds? I absolutely can. Or four minutes. So Albert, 30 seconds would be simple. so nice. 30 seconds. All right. Albert, it's very, very simple. Here's what you do, Okay. It's you love and logic your wife. 
And if you don't know what love and logic is, you give her a choice and you're okay with both choices. And that way, the one she rejects, because she's going to reject whatever you say, dude. With the one she rejects first, you go to the other one. I just fixed your marriage, Albert. You're welcome. What if yep. your wife gets stressed out by having to make binary decisions like that? Then what you do is you say, we're looking for a friend. I need you to know something. Look at me in my eyeball, woman. I'm kidding. Don't ever start a sentence with the word woman. And in that case, you just go to McDonald's. That's the only restaurant I can think of there. That was 30 terrible. Seconds. That's terrible. Great. Okay, for those who are watching, who are just listening, Nate held up his phone with a timer on it. And yeah, I panicked. Which, which is nice that you can actually, I didn't know you could see live counting clocks. I thought you were just blind to that. So it was honestly really, really helpful that you did see it. I, had to, uh, I did. The, I did enlarge it, Josh. I did enlarge. You, you thought I numbers. had. You thought I had situational blindness. Yes, and, and I just, I just wanted to ask one injury question of you both quickly, and then we could talk about like matchup stuff. They're both. They both have their head in their hands. Let's take a break. <laughs> We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. KCSN.substack.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can I can I read a comment? You can both do whatever you want all the time. I have no power here. I mean, I mean Thomas Lester with, with some advice from left field. Thomas Lester says, just take her to Chili's and then pop a bag after dinner. You will be all right. Who's driving? 
who's driving from Chile to the location of the rendezvous? You got to drive. Billy doesn't have spots for that. You know, he's got to drive. I do like the idea um, from Albert, both reading the comments too, everybody. I can't. Albert, ask her, guess where I'm taking you and just go with it. That's not bad. That's not that's actually not pretty that's bad. That's not bad. That's that's a little that's a little next level. Now now she's gonna test you and say a five star restaurant. And you're like, what you know it? Yeah, woman, how did you know? And then you're like, ah, oh, crap. Well, no, what you gotta I'm do is just make sure. That you oh, like it's this crazy thing. hearing a former pastor ruin this guy's marriage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't start a sentence with the word woman, dude. Like, come on, like use your common sense here. Like, they're at my wife's show for advice. So, look, yeah, where's, that, where's their common sense? Here, here's here's where we are, kids. Um, Baltimore has not hosted an AOC championship game since they were called the Colts. Uh, oh, T Pain base is gonna freak out. T Pain is doing halftime. T Pain, they've got they've got Ray Lewis coming. T-Pain. They've got they've got a John so much better than the coming song. They are so like they are like they are bringing the entire. It's the equivalent of like I don't even know who the equivalent of because all the most famous Chiefs at this point are mostly from this era, but like they are bringing everyone. It's kind of like when like it's like oh Will Shields is gonna be the drum beating guy, and mm-hmm. you're like oh, it's a big game. Yeah. It's a big game. This isn't you know I, you know I don't even want to name a player because whatever player I name next would just sound like an insult to that player. Yeah, just go but, ahead. They're bringing everyone. No, I'm not gonna do it. No, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just go ahead. Oh my goodness! I feel myself wanting to do it. You're really good at that. Oh, stop it! No one's listening. Go ahead. Feel it. Let it flood the room. I'm just saying. You could name a random person from any Chiefs era. It'd be like, oh, Tony Moyaki is beating the drum tonight. Okay. What is Tony doing you? Tony Moyaki was a legend. Tony Boyaki. Is he in the chat right now? Tony Boyaki, if you're listening to this, I thought you were, I legitimately, I love Tony Moyaki. I, I thought you'd be honored. Gonna... I'd be honored to have him on the show with me and Nate sometime. I thought you were going to say one of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite friends who, who still posts, who, who gives insight to the routes he ran again in the 1993 season. That's JJ Burton, kids. I thought that's who you were going to say is JJ no. Burton, uh, who, by the way, um, also prayed that Tyler Bass missed the field goal. I watched it on JJ Burton's <laughs> account. Yes, what would you like? Um, <laughs> I watched. I think it was on JJ Burton's Instagram account. And he's like, I think he's gonna miss. Please miss. Please miss. Basically praying Tyler Bass misses. JJ Burton might as well have been on the on the sideline on the visitor sideline in Buffalo uh, Stadium. So yeah, I mean Tony Moyaki. I mean he's somewhere chopping wood. You know, just minding his own business, knowing that he's got an appointment at two o'clock Central Time on Sunday. But, but yeah, I'm sure someone's texting him right now. Oh, it, I really liked Tony Moyaki. There were all sorts of people I could have said. So, apparently, the AFC Championship game is Sunday, and the Baltimore Colts are one of the best teams we've seen all year, guys. Well, from what I hear, based on the DVOA, ball, they're one of the Colts on purpose. Yes, of course they did. <laughs> one of the best teams, one of the best teams in history by DVOA. Yeah. Yep. I just hope the Chiefs can keep it competitive. Frankly, I decided I've decided to help out um, um, uh, Bobby with uh, 
just providing as much. I love it when you don't say people's last names because you're not confident in how to pronounce them. I'm not confident in anything at this point anymore. And boy, would I have gotten that wrong. Stroop? Mm-hmm. Why does he spell we it like that then? Certainly said it many times, Seth Keysor. I don't... He, he, some of us oh, learn. Why do you look, spell it like that? I don't understand. <laughs> Let's look at the top. You have a K-E-Y more high. And I take full responsibility for that. I said to a judge once, when we started hearing, she called me Mr. Keysor, and I corrected her, and she said, oh, I apologize, Mr. Keysor. She said, a judge, I blame myself for spelling my name wrong. And no one has ever been less amused by a joke than that judge was. There was like 10 seconds of awkward silence. The defense attorney called me afterward because he felt so bad for me. He's like, wow, so, she didn't think you were funny, huh? And I was like, no, no. Look, look, I looked at I looked at the film. You've okay. never, no one in your life has ever given you a less amused look after a bad joke than that? <sighs> no Can't one. Anybody? I'm delightful. Now, now I want to be honest, Josh. Bubba Smith concerns me in this game. Big guy coming off the edge, knows all the old school moves, all the tricks, very savvy. Um, and then, of course, you know, they might bring in Johnny Unitas on third down just just to get a nice tush push. Um, but he can spin it, too. You never know. They might put two quarterbacks out there. Can they can they motion Lamar from cornerback to slot? Has anybody thought of this? Because, I mean, Johnny Unitas can spin it, guys. He can spin it. I mean, that's well. And I mean, you know, based on certain people's draft takes, Lamar might be more comfortable at one mm-hmm. receiver. Right. Um, yeah. Johnny Unitas is very quarterbacky. Oh, so quarterbacky. He's got that. <laughs> he's got that. Uh, that backwards. That backwards drop back. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't see what the new kids are doing these days. Now let me get that right. thing and go. <laughs> that <laughs> back pedal. <laughs> so, so what would you? What would you like to know about Cal st- Hamilton? What, what? What would you want? You want to? Josh, you look distressed. I don't understand. Was it me this time? I thought it was Nate. Blue eighteen, boy T seven. I just want people to know that I'm trying because my reputation is as, and I, I change with we, video for we, us. We've recorded six of these kids. This is our sixth AFC Championship preview. We are taking it about as serious as it's the sixth one we've done. Okay. A lot of people have asked, like, why? Why did you guys video so good for the show? How did you guys not do video sooner? Like, do you guys remember when we talked about the games? Yes. That's, yeah, that was that's, great. That's that why. Was, I mean, that was that's, a wild time. When we can see each yeah. other, there's just something. I don't know what it is, but it, it, it you know, what? It, like, it's like the opposite of putting a sheet over a birdcage to make it think <laughs> it's night. When said the Nate can see themselves, it's like, it is a, it is a. Well, it's like putting them to the experience. Right. You're just Look, pecking yourself to death, but it's not you you're pecking. It's actually me and I'm the one that's dying. Well, and that's why it's so much less problematic for us. Yeah, because it's you. You, know? you don't feel the consequences of it at all. You no. don't. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, it's we, a beautiful we, thing. We've been here. None of the bright lights scare us. I mean, you guys ooh. talked about Spags Blitz packages and stuff already. Some that was beautiful. Yeah. That's that was. Beautiful. I gave a I gave a lecture on simulated pressures. Yeah, yeah. you did it. Did you, you did it. You did it for five minutes after I was going to try to take a break, but you did do it. Um. This so is what, mostly your fault. No one in the world is funnier than frustrated Josh Briscoe. And that is not my fault that I've now seen it. And I just, it's like I've touched the light once. Okay. <laughs> now, guys are here for victim blaming. Hey, guys. <laughs> oh, hold on. Hold on a second. The The favorite piece of video I've seen, <laughs> and it, it, it's a, it's in the internet. You, you can find it. But the, the, the best video I've seen, and there was some concern about, hey, 
you know, is Chris Jones going to show up? Is he going to like give maximum effort? Ooh. He only does. He only he only tries hard in the fourth quarter. I believe this video was occurring in the second or third quarter. Uh, this is like inside the NFL footage. Um, it is Joe Cullen. Fellas, I'm going to repeat myself one more time. I do not want you speed rushing Josh Allen. I do not want you getting outside of his shoulder. I do not want you speed pass, like speed rushing past him. And then Chris Jones says, who? And Joe Cullen goes, I mean, Charles. <laughs> and Chris Jones lights Charles Aminahue on us. fire. Yeah. Because to the point of both last Sunday's game and this Sunday, they have to work together in concert. Everything has to be deliberate and sequenced and synchronized in a way that, like, the whole is better than the parts. That's how they have to rush the passer, whether it's obviously Josh Allen and you get an even higher challenge with Lamar Jackson. So I'm fascinated to know what the pass rush plan is because people were saying, well, it doesn't, it doesn't look like Chris is working that hard. All he's supposed to do is keep Josh in front of him, and then when he breaks – then you react. Yeah. And so what what Charles what Charles Aminahue learned or what he was retold uh by Dave Cullen after Chris Jones stopped berating him for 90 seconds is I need power rushes. I yep. need bull rushes. I need you to stay level with the quarterback and when he goes you go. And it again it was one of the best videos of them really adjusting in real time, kids. Them sort of saying We've got to lean more on this side of the plan than even what Charles wanted to do, which is, can I just beat him with speed once? No, no nope. more. No more of and that. I just, on a side note, because that video started to make the rounds, and, and because it was cut off at a certain point, I don't know if people realized, like, they thought maybe he was disagreeing with Colin, but that was no, Chris, he was, like, no, he, he's not usually vocal like that either. Right. He, like, that was him going full Frank Clark, like, who, oh, you don't, <laughs> and, like, just flipping out, and that's not something you see from Chris. Here's the deal. It's a completely correct point. Joe Cullen's an incredible D-line coach. Yes. And you saw it in the fourth quarter. The type of pressure was just basically, hey, walk your guy back. And then it's less of one guy getting pressure and more the entire pocket collapsing around him, which means if he wants to escape that pocket, suddenly you can't just sprint through the B-gap. Now you've got to back up and go all the way around, which means someone can disengage and start pursuing and either pick up a holding penalty or start running you down because you're moving the wrong way. And, and, that's, saw, and that's exactly where Charles Aminahue does on the last third and ten. Yes. There's immediate pressure, and Charles Aminahue waits till he breaks the pocket and then forces the throw away because he does. He actually does what he's coached to do the right time in the very most important moment of the game, but you only get that because of the interaction earlier, in my opinion. And that's a huge deal. And part of that, might one might imagine, and this is something that you know a lot of people are talking about, Chris Jones' effort on run plays, and there's, there's a conversation to be had here. Um, Nate Tice wrote a piece about it. Um, there, there's just a lot going on there with regards to Chris Jones. One thing that people, I, I tweeted about this earlier, because I wrote about this at the beginning of the season, Chris Jones made first team all pro. Yep. And there is one of the million dollar incentives in his contract mm -hmm. is first team all pro, mm -hmm. which by the way, this was such a mean spirited incentive. I mean, like, I mean, oh, team friendly, team friendly, so, baby, team friendly. It's so hard to get there. 
But but he got first yeah, of all. It's almost like his agents didn't know what the F they were doing. <laughs> it's almost like Coach Andy Reid and General Manager Brett Beach said, individual award, team award. And the what second we, what one. If we, what if we pair them together? What are we, what what if, are we doing? What if we put those bad boys together? Bad boys together? And that's and his agent, Bowl. Mr. Krabs, was like, money. And then it was signed. <laughs> money, 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 money. <laughs> so appearing in the Super We're just 60 minutes away, Josh. How dare you? How dare you try to discredit these agents? How dare you try to muddy the negotiation waters? How dare you try to not love a man earning his money by his own bootstraps? If only he had someone to pay to help him earn that money. Wouldn't that be something? But that's where... The, there is a million dollars. Like a million dollars an hour this year. It's such yeah. hours. So he so the 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 other half of this incentive. Now he had a different incentive for a Super Bowl win. That was defensive player of the year. That one's right. gonna happen for him. But this one, it's a million dollar incentive, first team all pro and Super Bowl appearance. Which means if the Chiefs win yes. Sunday, yes. Chris gets a million dollars. Yes. That is so much money. And let me just tell you, you know right now he's just sitting there thinking in his head. I can do anything for 60 minutes. That dude is going to be working like George Karloftis. Like, he's going to be just like, George, George, come here. How do you run the whole game like a psychopath? <laughs> and knock them off. That? And he's knock them off the field. <laughs> he's going to be knocking on Isaiah Pacheco's door at one in the morning the night before. Isaiah, I got to talk to you, dude. How, how are you doing this? Like, how do you have that much energy? And I'm just so... I'm so excited to see that because we all saw what Week 18 looked like, where he just was just devouring guys. And the Chargers are like... watch Jackson turn into Easton Stick in front of your eyes on Sunday. Yeah. That's my prediction. Well, well, because what the Chargers could do is we don't even care about... We don't even care about moving the ball. All we want is to stop this man from getting his money. The, 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 the I almost called them the Bengals. The Ravens can't do that. They have to actually try to execute their game plan. So I'm... I'm excited. Kyle Coffey just commented, Chris going to use so much oxygen Sunday. He is. That guy's going to have an oxygen tank strapped to his back and run onto the field looking like scuba steam. It's going to be amazing. Um, so that's just something for people to think about. Yeah. The the, the last thing I'll say uh, about the defense, Josh, because uh, I know we got to keep it moving here, is um, they're willing to do it together. They are willing. Yep. The players are willing to adjust for the coaches, and the coaches are willing to adjust for the players. This is probably the defense that I've covered um, in my full six years now of the players owning the defense just as much as the coaches' staff does. The ownership is – there's so much duality. There's so much versatility, the intelligence. And I'll ask you right now, look at that schedule. Look at it. Look at who the Baltimore Ravens have played for two reasons, kids. I know Zay Flowers is good. I loved him coming out of the draft. I thought he was yeah. the most draft-ready player in all of the receivers. And multiple scouts told me that. So give credit to the Ravens. Odell Beckham got all the tricks. We know what he can do. We know Odell Beckham can give you a pivotal third-down completion. Isaiah Likely, hey, man, you were starting to make him, baby. You was an R. Okay, and Mark Andrews, we'll see. We'll see. They got Nelson Aguilar. Is that right? Is that who they running on third downs? They run a third down Nelson Aguilar. Okay. Cool. Look at that skip. 
what's the best secondary that that, that team has played against? Because I'll tell you what, if Tamari Connor plays like he did on Sunday, mm-hmm. oh, we got we got fireworks, kids. Because I know what to expect from Ladrius Sneed and Trent McDuffie. Um, he'll be in Zay Flowers' hip all game. So now it becomes about protecting the middle of the field. Justin Reed's guys. I don't think anybody realizes Justin Reed went step for step with Stephon Diggs for 60 yards. Mike Edwards, if he's back to what we know, okay, I get it. He understands the rotations. Yep. He helps show things. Mm-hmm. That, um, there's a great article in The Ringer about this, by the way, because McDonald does the same thing. Yes. And I wrote about it last week. The whole, hey, we're playing single high, I swear. <laughs> and then they do something psychotic at the snap, which is just, it's always so look, funny. Man, look, look at that schedule. Ain't nobody secondary doing this. That's the beauty of this game. And you know the other thing, Josh? Mm. I think the Ravens can do it on offense. I know the Chiefs can do it on offense. Because you could say, well, Nate, look at the Chiefs schedule. Ravens got a pretty good secondary, and yes, yes, they do. They got they got a great collection of defensive backs. Look at the Ra- look at the Ravens schedule. Who the best quarterback they played this season? Let me tell you who's not on it yet. The guy coming to MT Bank Stadium on Sunday. I want to talk about the Chiefs offense. I want to explore all of that, as you said, but not before we explore Tucker D. Franklin. Well, hmm. The D stands for uh, Ducks, Mighty Ducks. Tucker, tell us about DraftKings. Yeah, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs electrified. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get two hundred instantly in bonus bets. Looking at the Chiefs and Ravens line, Chiefs plus one sixty right now at DraftKings Sportsbook, minus three or plus three and a half, I should say, on uh, the money line. So go ahead and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can bet just 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Back to you, Josh. Sorry, Tucker. I muted my microphone and forgot to unmute it. That one. Taps chest, hand up, is on me. But what I was saying about our friends at KCTV5 and KC Sports Tonight was spectacular. So I'll say it again. Weeknight, 630 uh, on KCTV5, CBS here in Kansas City, and 1035 Saturdays and Sundays. That's KCTV5 Sports Tonight, frequently featuring some of KCSN's very own. Um, Nate, you mentioned something that uh, actually my my friend and colleague and uh, and uh, producer on The Zone, Dylan Michaels, tweeted out some uh, some some point-per-game stats that I was surprised to see when he mm-hmm. put this together. Mm-hmm. this off, and then we can talk about the Chiefs' offense. Ravens' defense, points per game against Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, Matt Stafford, Tua Tungavailoa, Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, and Brock Purdy. 22.8 points per game would currently rank 25th in the NFL. 
The Ravens' defense points per game versus C.J. Stroud in his first NFL game. Gardner Minshew, Ryan Tannehill, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Kenny Pickett, Jared Goff, Geno Smith, Trevor Lawrence, and Mason Rudolph. Nine points per game. Um, This is so... Rem- rem- if you're wondering where those came from, you want to see them again, at dmichaels810 on Twitter. Thank you. Um, Exceptional job. This is so reminiscent of last year's Super Bowl, where I tried to be accurate and thorough and thoughtful when trying to explain to people, I don't care that they sacked no names 70 times, largely no names, like sprinkle in some Brack, Dak Prescott, sprinkle in some Justin Fields, who's elusive. I don't care who they sacked. They not him. Okay. And they not this scheme in this offense who has the most playoff experience of anybody, you know, over the last, at that point, five years, now we're going on to six. Of course, you could add it even further with the Alex Smith years attached to it as well. So it's great for defenses to feast when they're supposed to feast. Mm-hmm. It's another thing when you're asking them to play the best player in the league when he's mentally sharp. And oh, by the way, he's as physically healthy as you could ask and want him to be for this type of game. Um, and so to Seth's point earlier, when it comes to McDonald the defensive coordinator for the Ravens, uh, he's going to have to make choices. But sometimes, as Sean McDermott learned last week, you make choices and then the choices are already made for you before you even made the choices. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful thing about what this offense has now figured out is not only can you just rely on Pacheco and know that he's going to give you production from the running game, not only does it open up play action and tight ends running free, um, guys, they're going to have to cover the entire width and depth of the field. And that gives, I think that's what should give Chiefs from his most encouraging. It's not just the speed or the pass protection that's been very good or the fact that Mahomes' accuracy when not throwing in like crazy windy conditions has been pretty great. And by the way, the, the conditions on Sunday's game might be the best of all three of these postseason games. You know what I would do? I'd do a lot of... They're going to do a lot of looky-loos, a lot of, um, you know... I mean, I just... The sense that, like, Travis Kelsey will be used to manipulate a lot of secondary defenders. If they do not get pressure consistently, the Chiefs will move the ball, and then will ultimately come down to who plays better in the red zone. Um, But I think this is a screen game waiting to be had. Because... The Ravens could feel the need to bring pressure. The Ravens could get more exotic and try to spread things out. Um, and I just know Andy Reid's probably got a screen or two just lined up for him uh, for Sunday's game. Who does that put the spotlight on for you, Seth, in terms of the the, the skill position guys? I mean, I obviously Pacheco, Kelsey, Rice in in some order, not necessarily that one, end up being kind of your your one, two, three. But does does that lead you to any particular any particular solutions for this offense? I'll also mention, now you wrote about uh, the gravitational effects of Travis Kelsey in the Chief in the North newsletter. People can check out now. Um, I don't know that it's going to... Both of you guys are going to have to, at the end of the show, plug things you've written and will write before this game still because I don't know how much of it's going to fit into our... Uh, I was going to say our hour. How dumb would that have been? Uh, <laughs> our hour and 10 minutes or so. But um, 
the, the, the Travis Kelsey uh, gravitational pull thing is really fun. Probably going to be relevant against the Ravens too, I'd imagine. So the Ravens play a fair amount of zone coverages. And that's one of the things that you generally do when you run simulated pressures. Because one of the things about being uh, a simulated pressure team is you're, you're generally speaking, not always, but generally, and I'll, I'll keep using Karloftis as the example, because he's someone Spags likes to send out because he's athletic. He's very athletic for a defensive end. And he also is really comfortable getting his hands in passing lanes as I wave my hands to demonstrate what that looks like. Jazz told me that I overexplained things, and so I'm trying not to do that. Um, we were talking the other day, but now I'm kidding. So <laughs> I <was gonna> let <laughs> you try. No, I realized what was happening there. So anyway, and by um, explaining things, she means that. <laughs> so, um, oh right, simulated pressures. So Harloftis is the example I'm going to use because so generally what you're going to see is him drop into some sort of shallow or maybe even intermediate zone. You might see him go into the flat. You might see him go up the seam even. But even if he's traveling up the seam, like say with a tight end, it doesn't mean he's on man coverage on that tight end. It means they think the tight end up the seam might be hot, the hot throw. And so they, hey, take away that lane. Because the point of a defensive end or defensive tackle in coverage with a simulated pressure is not to actually cover a wide receiver because that would be insane. The job <laughs> is to when the quarterback sees that there's some unblocked dude coming screaming towards his face looking to decapitate him, he is going to, if he's a good quarterback, look at his hot read, and if there's a dude in red standing there, it's like, oh, crap, and that's where the, the stuff hits the fan. So because of that, if you're running a lot of simulated pressures, you're not going to run a lot of man coverages because that would mean not only does George Karloftis have to cover, you know, a, a tight end or worse, like a slot receiver, he's got to do it from a three-point stance, maybe a two-point stance, from the defense spot, not putting him in a position to win. So the reason I say all that is the Ravens being a traditionally zone-heavy type team, generally speaking, plays into exactly what Kelsey does really, really well and the gravitational pull that he has. And so that's what I wrote about. Um, it, it's most obvious on the Rasheed Rice touchdown on the first drive of the postseason where Kelsey... It's basically designed to be kind of a pick play in case they're in man, but also draw eyes in case they're in zone. And there are four defenders just that are like looking at him. <laughs> the only defender that's still looking at Rasheed Rice is the linebacker from the side of the field that he was coming from, trying to point like, is anyone going to cover that guy? <laughs> like it was like it was the most pointless pointing of all time because the ball was already starting to come out. It's like the equivalent, like if there was a meteor thirty seconds away, and someone put like someone should do something about that meteor. <laughs> And it's just too late, man. And so that's where some of the things that the Ravens try to do, and it's not all the time. They've had really man-heavy game plans too. So some of the things that they try to do can play into some of the things that Chiefs do really well. Um, and that's where it's really going to be one thing that Mahomes has done. At, and it's such a basic answer. But really, the pressure falls on Mahomes. And... I know that's a basic answer, but it's also true because with all those simulated pressures that they utilize, um, and that's why they look like a relatively low percentage blitz team, not super low, but not as high as the Chiefs, it's because they run so many where it's just four, just four, just four. Now, never mind that it's, you know, two quarters of safety and one defensive end. Like, it's just four. The protections are what matter there. And Mahomes has had unbelievable control and and been right 
so often on the protections in the playoffs. Like if you go back and rewatch the Miami game and the Buffalo oh, game, the, the Miami was, game is absurd. It's disgusting. Oh, it was, and they got him once or twice, but that was on like thirty blitzes or sim pressures where he was just pointing out like before the snap. No, you, there, 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 there. Okay, we're going to have one unblocked guy, but it's going to be on the far end. So I'm going to drift back into the right, buy myself an extra two seconds, and someone's going to be open because when you're blitzing, there's fewer guys there. And it was it was masterful. And that's where it's going to be. That's where the chess match is going to be primarily. And then Kelsey is who he is. He's got to do the things that he's got to do. Rasheed Rice, we've seen what he does. It's going to be, okay, MVS, Watson, Hardman, and you got a couple of those in you? Yep. It's, a, it's an MVS. Yep, here we are. It's another MVS game. The redemption oh, started early this year. Yep. Hey, man, last year you blacked out. Can you give us one more of those? Yeah. I And that's and that's the big thing. Baltimore does not give up big plays. They don't give up deep shots. They, they do run a lot of um, – well, they run a lot of cover six, honestly, something that Spags does a lot of. So they often, you're often going to see um, middle field open type looks with two deep safeties with them. And and so it, they, they're not a team that gives up many deep shots. And it's going to be really interesting to me, though, because like they went from a team like the Texans and just dominated them. But the Texans game is predicated on a bunch of deep shots. Patrick Mahomes has had to live this way for years now. Like, it's not like Baltimore is their goal as a defense, isn't really that different than what every defense has been trying to do to him for like three years now. So all that's interesting to me. I don't know if there's any nuggets in there whatsoever, but all that's really interesting to me. The, I'd, like the, to, I'd like to ask about mistakes real quick. Because that's just that's the next thing for me that actually gives me some pause. And and you guys can both take a crack at it, but Nate, it feels like it's your turn. The, the thing that has has hurt the Chiefs the most this year offensively has been them getting in their own way. I mean, Seth's got a 97-part series of self-inflicted wounds that you can read on the substat. <laughs> and, uh, and Nate, I think you've asked Andy Reid several times uh, questions that led with them being just a takeoff. Yes. My my concern in all of this, and you guys have both to this point in the last in the last half hour, have given me a little, a little extra hope on Chiefs offense versus Ravens defense. Not that I was hopeless with it, but right. what, what I am concerned by is that the Dolphins and Bills had enormous weaknesses just yes. by injuries in the weeks leading up to those games. And the Ravens don't have enormous weaknesses. They don't have enormous injuries. And they do capitalize on mistakes. And the Ravens' offense capitalizes on mistakes when the defense mm-hmm. gets the ball back. My biggest question about the Chiefs in this game, again, this may also is not revolutionary. i be like, you should win the turnover battle. But it, it is, when when are the penalties going to set you back and then are the Ravens going to make you pay? Are you going to turn the ball over and how many points will the Ravens score off of that? That's yeah. a thing I can't keep, I can't quite get out of my head at this point. Um, the defender you should be most concerned about is, uh, give it to me, Josh. I don't even know Owe? what you're talking about. Owe? For, yeah, Owe, sure. Owe. Um, Udafe Owe, see the, basically the edge rusher. Uh, who's probably got the most juice, in my opinion. Uh, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen are great, but, like, you know, they're not traditional pass rushers, I would say. Um, Jadavion Clowney can still give you great snaps, um, but really it's about can Owe um, force a holding penalty for Jawan Taylor or Donovan Smith. 
I think the player that um, I would circle, um, and he's going to be out there quite a bit because he's multi-versatile. He's very versatile. He's multifaceted. Uh, he can do a lot of different things. It's why he was like the perfect player for Bill Belichick, and that is Kyle Van Noy. Oh, yeah. Calvin Noy does some wicked. Um, I bleeped myself. Uh, nice, but it's a little undersized, and he's not super fast. He's incredibly intelligent, good tackler. How much can they put him in conflict? How much can they pick on him? Um, because what you've seen is when the Ravens have really good games, Calvin Noy is amazing. Because yeah. Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith's right there. And, and guess what Roquan Smith does? Destroy things. <laughs> this destroys things. So um, I think much of their success, I believe, in the secondary is actually about the four linebackers on the field, sprinkling a little Calvin Noy in that bad boy, and now you now you got something. Um, the Ravens weirdly have struggled against the run. It's kind of not Raven of them. It's, it's weird. That's so not Raven. Ah. Um, as I'm looking at the as I'm looking at the stats here, I deserve that for letting you beat me to that joke. <laughs> there, uh, if you're listening, Seth just slapped himself in the face. That's I John Henderson did, but I don't have you know the level of success to have a trainer do it. <sighs> and I'm also not John Henderson. There's there's a few differences. <laughs> also, there are like four or five. Re- reasons I would have slapped you earlier in the show, way, well, way worse than that. <laughs> so I, I think I think the funny part in all of this um, is that the Chiefs could the Chiefs could run the ball, but man, this is one of those games, guys. It's one of those games. They're good. I'm not saying they they're not good. Are they as good as Philly last year? You you remember that first fifteen, Josh? Yeah. Oh, you remember that first routine? You remember that zipper? How slow it came down and just showed you glimpse after glimpse after glimpse of the middle of the field's gonna be all all there waiting for us. Hey, hey, you wanna put you wanna put a corner on, on Kelsey? Oh, I didn't think you would. I didn't think you would. <laughs> give him a little give him a little out of the ball. It's a zipper game, kids. We've waited an hour to say it. Pull that zipper down, but real slow. Do it real nice, real sensual. Give it to him. Just snap so after right snap after snap. That first 15 better be hot lava. Um, because I think the I think the Ravens are a defense that deserves it. Um and yeah. look, we've we've seen them be forced into that type of uh, uncomfortableness, but then you turn the lights on. You, you, you oh, excuse me. You, you dim the lights. You turn the music on. You get the sense right, and then you pull that zipper down. Real, real, com- real smooth. Real smooth. So smooth. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I would just say that. I think what my colleague Nate is trying to say is that Mike McDonald has not seen everything Andy Reid has to offer. Correct. But he going to see it when he sees it. You'll see it. You'll know. You'll see it when he believes it. I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know you looked like that. Wow. 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 You know, they only told me. They told me. But I had to see it for myself. 
right. So. I got nothing. Oh, okay. It sounded like you were going to keep talking. It felt like you had a. No. I, I, I was trying to think of a. The, the, the linebackers thing is a really interesting. Yes. Thing because they just played two teams in a row. Um, where Miami's linebackers are fine, but they're not great. And the Bills obviously had some really serious injury issues at linebacker. Mm-hmm. The the Ravens have built their team in large part around their linebackers. Adam Sheehan asks, when did Josh become the adult here? LOL. None of us really know. I, I really think it's when we switched to video. Look, guys, it look, is. Look, I don't know why. Look, we, again, we have a track record. They have a track record. He has a track record. You want to see Andy Reid? Give you a zipper game. Look, guys, when I've when I've when I've when I first introduced this, I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's a little I know it's going to make people a little uh, uncomfortable. It's going to shock them. Uh, I can't even remember the first. Was it the Chargers or, you know, we 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 called the Ravens 2020 game. If I remember correctly, the walk off. It's a walk off. Uh, of the Zoolander days uh, between Lamar and Patrick, and we, we saw how that went. Um, all I'm saying is, look, man, you know, Mike McDonald knows. Boys, they're going to run something we ain't seen all year. Oh, yeah. Because they diabolical like that. It's I, I, I'm genuinely curious with, with the team that's built around the slidebackers because what's interesting, Smith has largely really rehabilitated in some ways his reputation from Chicago where he'd had a reputation as a really good run stopper, but sometimes a liability in the past game. And that's not what he was touted coming out. And I think in the Ravens defense, he's, he's done a lot better, but he's still, you, I kind of like linebacker centric teams against the chiefs because every now and then they think to themselves, we don't need to do anything different because our linebackers are great in coverage and that's how you get Luke Keekley with his ankles broken or Fred Warner running the wrong way. Say, say his name. Say it. Say his name, Seth. Say his name for me so I can break. Let me brace myself. Say his name. Man, I don't even know. I said the best to. Nah, nah, baby. People in Buffalo told me Matt Milano. Oh, was, Matt Milano. Sometimes you've got Matt Milano covering Travis Kelsey. Man in the red zone in the most important snap of his life and just getting worked over. Now, to be fair, it was a great pass too. But, but like that's where we've seen this. Yes. Now, Kelsey is not, he is athletically, he is not more athletic than Smith or Queen at this point. But linebackers, and I had a Seren ask me about this. He asked like, well, okay, are they just going to use Smith or Queen like in, in coverage on Kelsey? And they're both probably more athletic than Kelsey at this point. But linebackers don't, practice against routes like the ones Kelsey runs. And there's this huge disadvantage there. There's a reason why Kelsey can separate from, like, you know, anyone. Levante David is the only linebacker I've seen do pretty okay against him. And even then, that was because they, they were like, okay, we, we got that one snap done. Okay, okay, we mixed up our looks. Let's get back to zone, you know. So I kind of like, like that. And you have to remember, too, the Buccaneers played them literally like what? 12 weeks early, 10 weeks earlier. So they had they had actual real reps of seeing what it was like to play them and then obviously adjust yeah. it accordingly. Well, and they had the advantage of they can't block us at all. That's As well. Pretty, yep. That's a pretty big advantage. Yeah, so pretty big advantage. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm so curious about what they do, uh, but nothing would really surprise me. Like, it really wouldn't surprise me if the Chiefs, what they did is they went really heavy against the Bills to exploit their linebacker group. 
the Ravens, I mean, what they're going to do if the Chiefs go heavy against them, they're probably going to dial up some run blitzes. And what I could see happening there is some under center play action stuff over the middle of the field to Rice or Kelsey. I can see a lot of that being at least in the game plan just to see how they react if they go heavy. You could maybe even look for a little bit of a Noah Gray thing a few different times. Sure. So that's just things that I'm looking at. Their their best defensive player is literally Kyle Hamilton. The oh, prob- he's awesome. The problem is uh, the Chiefs... I mean, the problem is Kyle Hamilton has to respect Mark Wiswell to Scantlin now. The problem is Justin Watson may be a factor. The problem is Rasheed Rice, good luck tackling him. You know, like right. Kyle, Kyle Hamilton is so good at football, but he's he's got a he's got a pretty big burden because you're combining the elusiveness and the accuracy of Mahomes um, with obviously the route running of Kelsey and then, you know, some pretty like legitimate guys you have to be concerned with if they're going to cross your face or if they're going to use um, you know, a lot of routes coming at you uh, to see which one you pick. So, I mean, it's it's a great game, guys. Like, the Ravens could definitely win. Um, the Ravens could definitely give the Chiefs problems, but we're just pro- we're just trying to provide all these all the possible solutions that the Chiefs could have for this game just because, I mean, the other thing too, Josh, is what if the Chiefs get a 10-point lead in the second quarter? I would like that to happen because I do think that that matters. The Ravens were tied at halftime to the to the Texans. Okay, with 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 CJ looking like okay, this is a little different, guys. This is a little, this is a little different because Mike McDonald is good. We have established that. Um, it was ten ten at halftime, and you know it took him a while to get into rhythm, and that's the beauty of the rest versus the rust sort of argument as the number one seed who took the final week of the regular season off and obviously didn't have to play on wildcard weekend. But the Ravens have done a very good job when the game script favors them, when they have a lead, when the game is tied. Um, but similar to the Kyle Shanahan rep, get them down 10. Get them schedule. You can see cracks. You can see things to, to sort of exploit, um, and it becomes harder for them. And I think, too, you know, uh, the Chiefs have the experience not only just from the postseason's perspective, but like they've played in games where they've been down fourteen. They've played in games where they've been up fourteen. Like the Ravens have not played a lot of games where uh, they were the team that didn't punch first and became the aggressor and sort of, as Justin Reed said, you know, wore the team down as the game progressed. So if the first fifteen is as exquisite and as um, curvaceous and as uh, voluptuous as I expect it to be, then, you know, you can, uh, the, the Chiefs might be able to go up two scores if McCole Harmon doesn't fumble by the goal line. Which, well, that's hey. the only thing that stopped them from, like, a dominant performance was that fumble. And sorry, hey, Josh. You can, yeah, let's pick it then. No, 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 let's pick it. Nate, I feel like you have maybe put the most cards on the table. What What is your prediction for this game? Chiefs 26, Ravens 24. Gosh, that sounds like a barn burner. That's going to be so stressful. I paced like six miles during the divisional round. Mm. Embrace um, embrace the nervousness, Josh. That's all you can do. Embrace the nervousness, Seth. Embrace it. Um, I assume I'm next. I'm, yes. You just seem like you're, it seems like it's cooking for you. I just want you, I'm ready for you to go. I think 24, 27. I think 
It's Chiefs 30. He put a 30 on it. Ravens 27. I think both offenses, just because there's so much conversation about the defense, I have no schematic reason to think this. I think you're going to get, for the second time in a row, a version of an over-my-dead-body game from both quarterbacks. Ooh, and I, I want to go back to a uh, a quote that I thought was really, really great from, from Robert Mays where he was talking about Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes from the divisional round. It's like rewatching this, like the quarterback level of play was so high. Josh Allen was incredible. Patrick Mahomes was flawless. And that, it's being incredible is hard enough. Josh Allen's such a great quarterback. But Mahomes is able to do that while also just being flawless. Like I finished my charting. I don't have it up for day. He had a couple of inaccurate throws. Other than that, no missed shots. No happy feet, no potential picks. He just doesn't leave anything for the defenses to grab. I think I think Jackson's going to be incredible. I think we're going to get another. He Mahomes doesn't have a single happy feet uh, snap the entire postseason so far. Doesn't have a single missed shot the entire postseason. Hasn't thrown a single potential pick. That is borderline crazy. So I, I think both offenses are going to do a little more than what people are expecting um, because I think. I just think both quarterbacks are going to play at an unbelievably high level. I am people. I am going 23-20 Ravens. I will do it. I think it might be the first time I picked against the Chiefs like this whole season, which obviously was incorrect many times. <laughs> I think it'll be just as close as it sounds. I have picked a score that implies lots of kicking action from uh, Justin Tucker to Harrison Bucker. I think that fits. I think both of these defenses are good. I am worried that the Chiefs are going to have one or two of those mistakes that have happened all year long, and the Ravens are the exact type of team to take advantage of those. I I don't I don't know what happens against the Bills if they're not playing a practice squad linebacker, and I don't know what happens against the Dolphins if they have healthy edge rushers and maybe heaters on their sidelines or whatever. But I I would love to completely believe that the the Chiefs we saw most recently are the truest version of them. Yep. And I just... They they let opportunities get by last week, and, and they were able to overcome them. I think the Ravens are significantly better than the Dolphins and Bills, and I, I feel like I've, I've gained a bit of postseason confidence from two excellent people. I got buzzed in the Discord, in the KCSN Discord just now because I picked the Ravens. Why did that happen? Last year, I picked the Bengals to beat the Chiefs in this exact game. And, well, I think not, you and just I, you, not just both you. Had the, I think you and I both had the Eagles. Um, I think we both had the Eagles in the Super Bowl, which then Seth made a big deal of. I did. He totally predicted that Jalen Hurts would drop the football and Nick Bolton would house it. Predictions are stupid. This is the dumbest, <laughs> the most useless thing. No, don't let it out of the bag. The, the most useless thing that anyone does in sports media is give final score predictions. Kink was yeah. Let's put Kitten Mittens back on, Josh. Johnny, thank you for thanking me for no unanimous votes. What do you, What do you want? You want us to all pick the Chiefs? Hey, we're not. We don't do the graphics here, kids. Where Where every time Mina Kimes is like, ah! <laughs> even if you're right, yes, yeah. I I think it's I I think it's very very close. I'm flipping a coin. 
that oh. lands on the 15 games this year that the Chiefs had disgusting mistakes that they were punished for like six of those times. So that's that's where I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and do that. I'll take the Chiefs and the points. I'll take the uh, the desire to be wrong, but I'm, I'll go ahead and be the one that takes Baltimore. Okay, it's a, it's a good pick. They're a terrific team with a great quarterback. They're much better than the teams that the Chiefs just played. I think. Oh, now the Bills were on a heater. We'll see. But that's I think everyone be nice to Josh. It's a perfectly yeah. no, no, it's reasonable. yeah. yeah no, don't don't feel the need to be nice to me. But do acknowledge that the Ravens are the favored football team here. Yes. Basically, what I'm doing is last week when we all picked the underdog Chiefs, uh, the Bills were favored and shouldn't have been. The Ravens should be favored in this game. Both of you are picking. You've themselves. got yes. You've got right. 18 weeks of evidence as to who the Chiefs are. Maybe maybe more like you know like 15 weeks because they had a couple weeks where we were like, oh hey, here's the real them. This is one of those things where it's like, well, who's the real you? Yeah, the real me is the the person I say I'm trying to be. No, it's not. The real you is the person you are. Good life advice, by the way. So I, per, you know what? I'm going to change my prediction. No, I'm just kidding. I'm no. not Josh. I also don't have any power over how this game goes, if anyone's concerned or confused right. about that. Okay. And I would, if the Chiefs win this game, I would pick them over either NFC team in the Super Bowl. How about that? There's a three-week early prediction for you. I, I like would- it. I know it's a divisional game. I know it's divisional games to sample from, but they lost to Kenny Pickett and Deshaun Watson. I I cannot stress that enough. This team is mortal, and they need. I remember a, watching the Broncos and the Raiders beat the Chiefs. Just if we're doing like crappy of course, games, of right? course, and I just yes, of course. But I also I also watched a amazing punt return win them a game against the Rams in Baltimore in rainy conditions. Oh yeah. I, so look, I mean, I want to see it. And, and I think it's fair to ask. I want to see it from Baltimore. Like they've been the best team. Uh, they went on the road. Their 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 two best victories are on the road against the 49ers and beating the absolute breaks off the Detroit Lions at home. My God. Um, so bodes well if they make it to the Super Bowl. But you know, um, we we just have too much. We just have too much evidence of. This coach, this quarterback, if the best defense they've ever had, I mean, I, you just want to see it. I, I think it's fair. You could pick either team, and I completely understand why. Um, but that team's done it before, and quarterbacks playing great, guys. Yep, the quarterbacks playing pretty great, and Lamar uh, is exceptional, and he's going to have to be uh, even better than he was last week, but. There's a, there's a track record, you know, even if the Ravens have been the more consistent team this season. Last thing, because I want to let's get this kind of locked in and then we should we should get out of here. What's your like con- your confidence interval? Like what if you say, hey, this is a it's a 51 49 game. It's the closest thing in the world. I am. I am curious about where both of you would put the scale right now of like confidence, because I think that contextualizes it a little. I'm I'm actually 60 40. I'm a little more confident for some reason about the the offensive side of things. I don't know why. I might end up looking like an idiot. I'm comfortable with that. Wouldn't be the first, second, third, or hundredth time. But I'm about 60-40 on that. I've got some confidence, but I'm not like going to be shocked when it turns out to be, you know, 10-7. Right. I'm at like 55-45. That's just, that's sort of yeah, crazy. That, and I, that, I was 60-40 right. Ravens to start the week. I've, I have ticked it yeah. in the, the Chiefs' direction. It's not quite far enough. I'm like 58-42. I mean, uh, they have the better coach. They have they have the better quarterback. 
Yeah, I know it's a team sport, kids. I I do know that. Their defenses, when you look at it statistically, they're very they're mirror images. They do it in different manners, um, but those defenses are pretty close statistically. So if most things are even, coach quarterback, that kind of they kind of matter. And and even for Jim, who points out Harrison Bucker, Justin Tucker, I know who's been the better kicker this year. How about that? I know who's been the better kicker. He wears red. He wears red and white. Seth, real quick, uh, Harrison Bucker has talked many times about how he's just thankful that the Lord guides his kicks through and that he just he prays for success and God, it's God's will. What did Tyler Bass do, do you think? Maybe it's more about what he didn't do, you know? <laughs> that's the that's the issue. We all, have, isn't it? We, we all have to repent at some point. I, I'm, I'm sure not. I'm, I'm, sh- I'm not doing the the hard out here because, or or the the drift out here. Because I do want to make sure people actually know that where they can get the stuff. You guys have been doing this weekend. We'll do this weekend. So I'm for the second time today letting a little bit of a bit go by so we can circle back and make sure people can follow all the right stuff. First of all, across socials, even including what the the husk of Twitter that I would still like to live, but we'll just sort of see. I'm at JB Briscoe. Nate is at by Nate Taylor. Seth is at Real MN Chiefs fan. I'll be in Kansas City. Nate will be in Baltimore. Seth will be in Minnesota. There's not a game there. Uh, but you can follow all of us there. Plus, Seth's work is all at the uh, Chief of the North newsletter, mnchiefsfan.substack.com. Nate's work is all on theathletic.com. Both of you guys real quick. Uh, Nate, first, what's uh, what's up right now? What can people go read and check out right now that you put out recently? And what's coming leading up to the game? Of course, you'll have post-game coverage there as well. Uh, what's up right now is a piece on Isaiah Pacheco, who has, when, when the Chiefs say simplify the offense, it's, Hand the ball to 10. Um, what's coming next is a uh, feature on Steve Spagnolo, And a little later in the week is a full-on breakdown of, you know it, kids, Kyle Hamilton versus Travis Kelsey. Let's go. Mm. Let's go. Seth, what do you got? We talked about the Travis Kelsey piece you've already got up there. What's the plan? I'm going to do a film review on Mahomes, and then I'm going to stick to chalk. I'm going to do a keys to the game on Saturday where I'm going to talk a little bit about what the Chiefs did on defense in the fourth quarter against the Bills and how that might be applicable and not applicable against the Ravens if I have time, which I think I will. Also on Sunday, you can hear the game on Sports Radio 810 WHB here in Kansas City. We'll have Westwood One's call, and uh, you can uh, listen to the game, listen to the trophy presentation, all of that stuff, hopefully it's a fun listen and not a painful one, which will hopefully be true about the post-game show as well, featuring yours truly. So there you go. That's the stuff. That's the predictions. That's why everyone's mad at me. I even wore a Chiefs hat today. I thought I would try to, I don't know, keep everybody on my side. It didn't really work. I'm okay. I'm comfortable. Uh, Nate, with that, give us the final words as we head into the Chiefs' sixth consecutive AFC Championship game. And the first on the road. Um, I just want you to close your eyes and imagine that in a game that is tightly contested where grown men are chasing a football that is not round tackling pushing shoving catching blitzing coaches are going to try to get their players to adjust to their coaching tactics and in the background booming the M&T Bay Stadium is I'ma buy you a drink oh I'ma take it home I'm 